Welcome to the Going Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Zinn. I am a mother, an author, an entrepreneur, a daughter, a friend, and more. I started this podcast when my second child was born to create a space for inspiring and meaningful discussions from the quiet space of my home. What blossomed is a platform for people who quite simply want to grow each and every day of their lives. Even though I'm the founder of Beyond Mom, what revealed itself was that these conversations weren't only for moms, they were for everyone. We are a lifestyle podcast that covers health, both body and mind, self-care, why it's a necessity, and how tough it can be to master, entrepreneurship, its ups and downs, cultural disruption, and the topics we sometimes avoid, as well as love, sex, friendship, and more. I interview movement makers, leaders, survivors, writers, and founders. Some names you may know, and some you may not. But either way, I know that their stories need to be told. These conversations move me and will move you to step forward with more strength, clarity, and kindness with every micro moment of your day. Enjoy today's conversation. Share it with the ones you love, and let me know how you're inspired to go beyond. Well, hello, and welcome to Going Beyond. This is the podcast for those of you who are actively stepping into your life, really wanting to take everything you're doing and kind of up it a notch. And that can be your mindfulness, that can be your work, that can be your family dynamics. We talk about everything here. This is Randy, I'm your host, and as you guys know, this is kind of my favorite thing to do because I love to talk and I love to be inspired and both things always happen here. So the conversation today is going to be a great one. I'm certain of it. This is with a very special woman who I have the privilege of getting to know along with you because I don't actually really know her well yet. Some of you know I chat with some of my besties here on the podcast and some people are brand new to me and some of those conversations are my favorites because it's very organic. It's like a real discovery process. So today's conversation is with a woman, Barbara Majeski. She is super special. I can tell you that already. She's a mom. She's an on-air television personality, a passionate philanthropist, an advocate for philanthropy. She's a cancer survivor. She has a really, really amazing story that I'm not even going to try to recap here. I'm going to let her do that. But she is out there. She's a global humanitarian. She's received awards. She is um, literally like mobilizing people all around the world to continue to do good in their communities. This is just like the kind of woman that I just want to know her. She is all over media. She's a speaker. She's all over social media. I'm sure you guys are already like, who is this woman? Her name is Barbara Majeski, and she's here with me today. So, hey, Barbara. Hi, Randy. I'm really thrilled that you found me and that we're connecting. You told me that you're saving the discussion of how you found me to when we hit the record button. So why don't you tell me and everyone listening how we're connected? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, thanks so much for giving me this opportunity to speak to you, to speak to your audience. 
So I actually met you two years ago. You hosted a panel of moms. Um, it was in like a space where kids go to like a gymboree type of space, apple seeds. And I had been invited through Amy Herman to come listen to a panel of moms. And I was in a very transitional time. I had just finished you know, getting through chemo from, you know, a stage three cancer diagnosis. And I was really kind of feeling like I need to get out. And I got this email to come to you. I loved what you had done that night. I mean, you so inspired me and what you were doing so spoke to me on so many levels. I kept thinking, I've got to get Randy out to Princeton where I, you know, live and raise my kids. Because I think your message and what you're looking to talk about and stir up and engage, I think speaks to so many women. So I really am so glad that we're connecting here today because I've kept you on like in the back of my mind for a very long time as I've, you know, journeyed through, you know, getting through cancer and kind of reinventing myself. So yeah, that's where we met. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know if you can tell through our video, but I have like little tears in my eyes. Oh, uh, you should feel really good, Randy, because I think you are doing amazing things and creating conversations that are inspiring and you inspired me. And I'm, um, you know, I hope this is just the beginning of a lifelong friendship and working relationship. I think we're very aligned. Oh, oh my God. I like am teary eyed. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth. You were what I needed at the time and gave me hope from, you know, my journey of getting back on my feet. Oh my God. That is amazing. I'm so grateful that you shared that. And it really is beautiful because we all, let's face it, like we can all like do what we do and kind of sit in our little vacuum and we don't always know or hear the moments of when someone receives what you do or what you care about and that it actually makes a difference. So like to hear those stories are just everything. And most importantly, I hope that for you know those listening to our conversation where it's just beginning, just to see the power of what happens when one, when you just put it out there and two, when women are in the same room. Yes. And the intention was really to just talk about, I love even your title beyond mom, you know, to say that we're, we want to be mothers and we're so aligned with our role in motherhood. We love our kids, but there's just more than, you know, breastfeeding to there's more to being a mom and how do we fulfill these roles as being parents, but also not neglecting our own needs and bringing these conversations and these people together. I just really, I knew I was in the right room that day. And some of the people really spoke to my sensibilities. I just loved your intention. So, you know, I'm right there with you of like, I want to be a great mom and I want to align with other moms, but I also need to make sure I take care of me so I can be a great mom. It's like that oxygen mask. I got to take care of me as well. So I can be the best mother out there. Totally. And I can only imagine I'm just kind of, I really want you to tell your story and talk more about what you do. I kind of grazed over it in your little intro because it's you that should be telling your story. But I just think it's, I can only imagine being a person that does so many things in the world and is a mom and obviously wants the best for everything she does to find out that she has a cancer diagnosis and to navigate that and what that requires of you, mind, body, and soul, I can't imagine. So, I mean, if you kind of want to begin there, I mean, that's just so, 
I think that's a great place to start, you know, and then it kind of weaves back. You know, I had, you know, I have three kids. My kids now are 15, 13, and seven. That at diagnosis, my boys were 12 and 10, and my daughter was three. I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. And what had happened was I had just suffered for a long time with just stomach issues, like chronic distension, and I can't eat this and take out dairy and take out weed. And I'm like thinking, well, maybe this is just being a mother and managing, you know, my marriage wasn't well. And I just kind of attributed all these problems to my life. This was my life and it's stressful. So therefore I can't digest food. But intuitively, I was like, I really think this is not good. But you're a mom, you put things on the back burner. Well, by the time I actually got in for a greening, um, they had found the tumor I had to go in for surgery. So I had a day long surgery to remove a foot of my large intestine. And when they sent the pathology to the lab, it came back that it was an advanced stage. It had already perforated the intestinal wall. It was in my lymph nodes, headed out to the mothership. And I was 42 years old. And, you know, there's so many components to that story that, you know, I could kind of go into, but I really want to fo- uh, what I'd love to share with your audience today is just going through difficult things and then coming out the other side due to like my alignment with purpose. So, you know, it was a very difficult time because it was also injunction my marriage had fallen apart right months before diagnosis. I found out my husband was not as interested in being married to me as I was interested in being married to him. And we'll leave that story for another day. But it was soul crushing. I was very much in love with my husband. I thought I had married the man of my dreams. I was killing myself to live up to his expectations and trying to kind of tolerate some of the here and there in an afternoon, I came to a a crashing halt. So as I'm talking to a divorce attorney, and I'm trying to kind of realign myself with my new normal that I knew was going to be a single mom, I got a stage three cancer diagnosis. So all of that had to get shelved. And we had to kind of charter it together in the middle of treatment. So I ended up having six months of chemo. And my two boys, one was a sixth grader and one was a fourth grader. I can't even, that will have to save for another day. The pain of having to see them so frightened and so unglued because of my diagnosis was, will stay with me the rest of my life. Just sitting down and telling them that I had cancer. They knew I had surgery, but until I had the staging, I actually didn't tell them it was, we didn't use the C word. Um, but they would each dismantle in their own way. And that was heartbreaking. And I think in some ways they will still carry that experience with them. But what ended up happening that kind of rerouted me and led me to you in the middle of my treatment. So I had six months of chemo, which meant every three weeks I had to go in for an infusion. So somewhere in the middle of my infusions, I really started to kind of tap out. And what I mean is I consider myself a very hearty, solid person. I figured, okay, other people have done this. I'm going to get through this. But somewhere in the middle of it, my, the chemo was really starting to wear me down. I wasn't able to get like, my brain was so fried and I was losing feeling in my fingertips and all those side effects from chemo were really starting to escalate. 
And I went in for another infusion. And I remember just crying to my oncologist, like, you can't give me another infusion. I can't. There's nothing left to me. I'm a bag of bones. I can't tolerate this. I can't think. I can't eat. I can't. At that point, I couldn't even drive a car because I had lost my ability to focus. My brain was so dismantled. I was like, I would just immediately after infusions is when I would stop driving a car because I would be driving a car. And then I'd look in the rear view mirror and be like, oh, I need lip gloss. And I would all of a sudden put on lip. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm driving a car. Like, you can't be glossing. And, and then I'd be like, oh, I need to return that email. And it's like my brain couldn't. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill somebody. And so I learned how to take myself off the road after infusions. What's interesting is I, it's crazy, as I would go from chemotherapy into marriage therapy. This is like my life. Like, I can't even, it was like, my husband's like, we got to repair this marriage. I would show up for chemo. I mean, marriage therapy, like my eyes crossing. Anyway, as I did this one infusion and I got wretchedly sick, like I just vomited all over the place. I could not get through the infusion. They had to pull the, the wires out. You know, they sent me home. It was a mess. And it was in that darkness that I was like, I don't think I'm getting through this. One time I really questioned my constitution. I was like, I don't think cancer is going to kill me. I think this chemo is going to take me. And I thought, how will my kids remember me? What's my story? If my story ends right here, how will I be remembered? And I kind of replayed the tape of my life. And I wanted my kids to know that, you know, I wanted my kids to know more than anything that looking out for Uncle Stephen, who's my younger brother, was my greatest calling. And taking care of him was so important, you know, because ultimately what I reflected on, I hope I'm making sense, is what I wanted them to know was not only about Uncle Stephen, but I wanted them to know that I put myself through college, that my parents were financially strapped, growing up with a brother with special needs, really put my parents in a very difficult situation in the 70s and 80s and the 90s. It wasn't what it is today, where everybody understands autism and Down syndrome and Fragile X. It was really not what so many people have championed today um, to be so like inclusive and well-known. So we, I grew up in a financially strapped home. I put myself through college because I knew I had to take care of my brother, Stephen. I started a sales business when I was 23 years old. Before my 30th birthday, I took over as Stephen's legal guardian. And I had put myself in a financially stable situation where I ultimately didn't have to work anymore. I had taken over to help take care of my parents. And then in my 30s, when I had two, just two kids, I started you know, advocating for more children and adults with special needs, which led me to, you know, do fundraising. And in 2015, I was awarded a humanitarian award, which that award was just a byproduct of me feeling this being compelled to speak and advocate for children with special needs that couldn't speak for themselves. Like, I just felt like, well, they can't talk and I have a big mouth. So I better just leverage my circle of, I got a really big mouth. I'm like, I can raise some money. I got people. And then I was, you know, and I thought, I really hope my kids know that about me. I want them to know all those really strong milestones. But it was really in that moment as I'm like, wow, thank God I had Stephen to take care of. Thank God I was taking care of Stephen because if I didn't have Stephen to take care of, I probably would, I most definitely wouldn't have finished college. Because there was a time where I was working seven days a week and then writing these huge checks to get myself through school. And I was 
miserable. I was like, I hate college. I hate these checks. But I thought, if I don't get a college education, how am I going to take care of Steven? So I like persevered and I pushed through it. And then as I'm starting this crazy sales business, working on commission, doing all these crazy things, like everyone else is like, you need a real job and you needed to get salary and benefits. I was like, I can't take a real job, a real quote unquote real job, because if I take a real job, I can't take care of Steven. I had to choose something where my work was reflected in my compensation because I was like, if I don't take care of Steven, he'll be institutionalized. And I was like, wow, well, thank God I took care of Steven because then I would have probably never started a business. And then, you know, I look at the humanitarian award and really I was only extrapolating that rollout and taking care of Steven to other people. But it was in that moment that I had the most clarity about my purpose in my life. And this whole time I thought I was taking care of Steven. It was in that moment that I realized it was always Steven taking care of me. I had been given the greatest gift, and that gift is the gift of purpose. I had such clarity, Randy, in that moment of like, oh, my God, and this humbling, grounding recognition of like, oh, wow, how could I be so egotistical thinking it was all me taking care of him when it was always Stephen taking care of me? And in that dark, miserable moment, I said, if the universe grants me out of this cancer. If the universe gets me out of this chemo and gets me out of this cancer, gets my brain working again, I will put myself out there. I will go for it. I will raise my profile. I will do whatever it takes. I will share my story, share my voice. I will do whatever it takes to continue to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. So that is part of, that's my story and that's my journey and that's what I'm supposed to be doing and that's what led me to you. So as I'm like at the other end of cancer and I'm getting my brain back and I'm like, all right, well, I told the universe, I got to get out there. I'm like this stay-at-home mom in Princeton, New Jersey. I'm like, well, I don't even know, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't worked in 15 years or at that time, 13 years. I'm like, I better get out there. I got to go do something. And, you know, I just started saying yes. And then the opportunity to come here, you know, Randy at, you know, Beyond Moms. I'm like, I'm a Beyond Mom. So even just your title spoke to me and your story. And this is where I am today, which led me to like going out on television. You know, I'm like, I have a funny story and then I'll let you ask your next question, but it's, yes. I was actually just going to pause for one second and tell everyone, because you're the only one that can see me, that I have like tears streaming down my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just like a moment to just take a deep breath and thank you for telling that story because it's so powerful, so powerful. It reminds me, my friend, Michelle Goldblum, she's one of the founders of Soul Camp. She always says, life is not happening to you, it's happening for you. And like your story just is such a reminder of that fact. Like we can spend our whole life looking at these circumstances as limitations or pain points or like the whole thing. But wow, you know, what it steers us toward and forces us to step into is really the more magical story. I could not agree with you more. I think, you know... 
how we frame our circumstances and the difficult things that we've done. It's the story and the narrative that we tell ourselves and how we have to listen. We have to go through some of these dark periods and we have to keep getting back up. But I think that's what aligns us with humanity and aligns us all together in this common like, wow, that was a punch in the gut. But it is the magic is in there. You know, it's a there's this quote, you can either get bitter or you can get better. And, you know, we choose that. We choose that. But I, that's why I share my stories. I don't think I'm unique. I don't think I'm special or gifted or anything like that. I think we've all been aligned with purpose. But I think purpose is hidden in these really difficult situations, these unique and difficult or like mind-blowing circumstances. I don't know what they are for everybody. But they should never be clouded in shame. They should never be rooted in that word. I can only come up with the word shame. I want to like say there's a reframing of your experience that can align you with humanity. If you allow yourself to start looking at some of the most difficult things you've been through as a way to align yourself to help others, it's truly the only emancipation from suffering. It's the only emancipation. And let me tell you, this growing up with, I call my, the book I might eventually write is going to be called Growing Up Schwartz because I'm one of two sets of twins. You know, one is special needs. I have this crazy upbringing, which I love. And I have the most amazing family, which I think would make for a great book. But it is in some of the darkest, most challenging things that I was thrown at a very young age that actually, again, is where the magic ended up being. What you're saying is like, I love that word. I was listening to one of your podcasts with that. She's a model. Tina Marie. Oh, oh my God. I loved what she was saying and how she had to kind of change her story so that she had gotten yelled at on a modeling shoot because she thought she did a great job, but then, you know, got in a fight with another model or something. I was like, girl, we are all saying the same thing. We are all saying the same thing. And that's why I'm sharing my story. Yeah. It's true. We all have our versions of this. Like, I mean, of course, like right now, sort of as you're talking, like meditating on my own story and my own stuff. And, you know, like what a lot of people don't know about me and my life is that Beyond Mom and this podcast and all the other stuff I do is like literally one sliver of my life. I have like all these other things that are my story and, you know, and that I have lost my father and had to take on his world and his businesses and oftentimes feel, let's put in quotes, burdened. And, you know, really like the reality is that it's been a portal for incredible growth and ownership. How powerful is that? Yeah. Changing just that word and that story. Oh my God, Randy, I love hearing that because you just changed the narrative from burden to purpose from burden to portal to growth and development. And it's just, and that I think can be a game changer for so many women and so many people, not just women. Like, Yeah. And I deeply believe that if you, and I'm sure that you done this, Barbara, because you're very obviously self-aware and processed. I think that the emotions that come with the things that we do have to step into have to have their healthy outlet. So like, you know, for me, I'm like with my therapist and whatever, and giving yourself those spaces to be like, with like all the emotion and the frustration and the stuff, because that's not invalid, but it has to be dealt with appropriately so that you can keep turning yourself back toward the progress. Oh my God. I think I literally have a seven hour podcast 
Because I think, you know, that's part of the journey is being in the fetal position, knocked down, completely on the ropes, and not trying to get away from that, but actually just almost being in that sadness and that moment and understanding like this was a punch and I think sometimes we want to get up and move on or bury it or this and that but if we actually don't process it whether it's through crying or friendships or therapy or whatever I think it ultimately hurts us so it's okay and you know I bet you for the rest of your life you're going to mourn the loss of your dad and they you know there's no way you can I like I'm so sorry hearing that as I'm so my dad is like I mean I'll go through my own loss in my own time. We all go through our stuff. But you know, it's so interesting. I think the more that time goes on, the more that, you know, I realize like we're like these sponges of our life, you know? And like I saw last night an amazing show. I think you need to see it if you haven't. I saw Come From Away. Oh, I have not. Oh, I want to see that. Oh my God, that's magical. It's utterly brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I don't know if you know the premise of it, but yes. So for those of you listening, so basically it's the story of the day of 9-11 and all of these planes flying toward the United States were grounded in this tiny, tiny town in Newfoundland. And literally 7,000 human beings from all different countries grounded with nowhere to go and no sense of when they're going to be able to leave. And what happens with those people in this little place? It's a brilliant story of humanity, of compassion, of what happens when people get to know each other despite the odds. There's so many beautiful, beautiful stories inside of this story. One of the things that really hit me, though, bringing it back to our discussion, is that I found myself really, really feeling the sadness and the trauma of 9-11 again. And it's just the reminder that we don't remove the conditions of our lives from our being. They don't disappear. They kind of create this collage of who we are and how we relate to the world. And things will come up over and over again that remind us of where the pain is, where the sadness is, where the memories are. And like we just let ourselves kind of have it over and over again. We see things differently over time. So it's such a journey. I'm sure for you that must have been very impactful because it does when you feel like that loss is kind of almost re-manifested in yourself. Like you're really you re-experience it or you see it through somebody else's eyes and it's there and it always is there. But again, it's this alignment with humanity and our experience of like this is what maybe roots us in gratitude again. And it roots us with like, you know, clarity. Right. Like, okay, what is important and how can I reframe and why am I expending energy here when really life is so precious and this is not serving me? So I can't imagine from just hearing you losing your dad and then revisiting 9-11. It just this stirs up from your own emotional, you know, pod. But again, it goes to each of us have a story. And each of us, but we have to like continually always try to reframe it. We've got to pick ourselves back up from whatever depths of despair, you know, and 
sometimes it's really blinding. I really think there's things in everybody's experience that brings us to our knees and brings us back to the fetal position. And what gets us up and what gets us really back into the game and allows us to find happiness again is that alignment with purpose. Like I do think what keeps getting me back out and I am in the middle of a very difficult divorce. I keep thinking, you know what? I said I would and I will and I will continue. So I'm constantly moving forward, but by no means like, does that mean my life is great right now? I mean, if you knew what happened last week at the motion at the law, <laughs> like, I mean, they're just like, we're all experiencing something. It's difficult. Life is definitely tough, but life is beautiful. And there are many things to be grateful for. And I don't know, these conversations that you and I are having that you spark through Beyond Moms and the panels that you have, I think are so imperative to serve others because people are listening to us right now that have been handed a really crappy deck of cards. We get it, right? I think you losing your dad, I think that's a really crappy hand. And I think cancer is a crappy hand. I think my kids going through cancer is a crappy hand. But we got to play the hand that we're dealt and we got to figure out how to live our best life. And that's what I'm gunning for. I'm like, ah, I don't know how many years I got left. I don't know if this cancer is coming back and I hope it doesn't, but I'm going to make sure it's amazing. It's going to be so freaking amazing. And this is what led me to the Today Show. And like, well, like that's where I want to go next in the little bit of time we have left. So like you have this giant <laughs> awakening of like everything you're going to share with the world. So what are you doing? <laughs> You know, I just really am looking to build out my brand, my story, my profile, my personality. I have no problem going in front of a camera and speaking. I just serendipitously, you know, met with this great woman, Amy Rosenblum, who does media training. And I was like, you know, I think I want to go on TV. And I've been a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. I'm now going through a divorce. So I have to reinvent myself and I have to get back out there. And she's like, well, what have you been doing? I'm like, I entertain. I don't know. So I'm like, you know, I'm doing this lifestyle entertainment on TV. And Randy, I'm so do whatever it takes. Like if anybody is listening that is like, I don't know if I can do it. You can do whatever you set your mind to. I was interviewed by Good Morning America to do some segment in the fall. And they were like, do you carve pumpkins? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh shit. I don't even know if I can curse on your podcast, but you can believe me now. And then I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> I was like, I don't even, I have carved three pumpkins in my life. And if they book me on this for this segment, but I was like, listen, I have to get out there and I have to build this, like whatever it is. I'm like this. I just have this do whatever it takes. You want me to carve pumpkins? I'll carve pumpkins. You want me to decorate for the 4th of July? I will throw the best 4th of July party. But really, I just, I want to get out there. I want to get in front of audiences. I want to show women. I want to show men. I want to show millennials. I want to show everyone. There is a second act. There's a third act. There's a fourth act. Reinventing yourself just takes courage. So what I'm doing now is like, I'm just, I'm trying to share my journey behind the scenes a little bit as well. Like being like, listen, I'm going to go ahead and get on TV. And if they want me to 
carve pumpkins. I'll carve pumpkins because I want to build a bigger name for myself. I think I want to help other people get out of their own way. I want to help other people live a great life. And I need people's help. I think, you know, it's so symbiotic. What I'm seeing and what is helping me through some of these really difficult times in my divorce is people are, you know, they're texting me, they're emailing me, they're Facebooking, they're DMing me. Barb, I'm so inspired by what you're doing. I can't, she's, they're like, you fell out of the sky and now you're on the Today Show. And my courage is contagious. And I've had people email me, I've decided to go back to school. I had somebody say they're going to law school now. Somebody was like, I put my art in a gallery. I've always been afraid. To, but then I see you and you go on the Today Show. I think if you can just fall out of the sky and go on the Today Show, then I can put my art in the gallery. And that gets me back up as well. That like, I'm like, I'm inspiring you. Well, you're inspiring me. I have to keep going. Well, there's also nothing more powerful than stories. I mean, that's why I love doing this podcast because there's just nothing better than telling stories that give people hope, connection, motivation. I mean, it's really that. I think it's why we love beautiful films or beautiful theater. Like you want to feel moved and you want to feel hopeful. And that's the gift you can give. And that's the gift you're giving. So what, I mean, how can we support you? Like, what are you pursuing right now? So, I mean, I would love for people to follow my journey. I'm on Instagram. I just started a webpage. It's all Barbara Majeski. Bar- you know, I'm just using my name. You know, this summer, I'm really going to be working on a book. And I'm just going in a million directions. And I hope to take people along for the ride. I think, like I said, courage is contagious. I believe everyone has a greater purpose. And I hope through today, as sharing my story, sharing your story, and just really, you really impacted me in what you said when you changed that language from a burden to a portal or a burden to a purpose. Randy, I think that embodies so much about what aligns us with other people. What allows us to stand shoulder to shoulder with people is we've all been and burdened with things that bring us to our knees, that if we can reshape it as almost a way to align us with humanity, we can overcome that and then help others in the process. And I think that's where it's at, is how do we help others? How do we synergetically, you know, synergistically help you move humanity in a positive direction? And that's kind of what this is all about. It's like sharing the story. Follow me. I don't know where I'm going next. I might end up carving fucking pumpkins. (laughs) I don't know. But I love it. I mean, the point of the conversations that I have are not always, and and I've said this before, are not always with individuals who have like the perfect tied in a bow thing that they're presenting, but the stories are alive and the inspiration is real. And it's like, we're all kind of these forming people and what we're putting out there, it's a process. And I think that honestly is even more exciting than just like, oh, I published a book or, oh, I have this, you know, million dollar business or whatever. It's like, no, I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Oh my God. Sophia Bush had a great quote. It was like, and I've said it to my, on my 46th birthday, I said, I'm both a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And I think if you can embody that and not like, self-talk the negative things. I'm like, I'm a hot mess too, but you know what? I'll just call it a work in progress because I'm going to change the narrative on that. But yeah, I don't know where I'm going, but when 
I take people along for the ride with me and I share authentically and transparently what I'm going through and what I'm striving for. I find that I get as much as I give and that's what I'm looking for. It's like, let's do this. Let's do great things. Let's live a great life. And I, other people's and stories inspire me. You inspired me today. And that's what I just, it just let's live a great life. Let's do great things. And let's leave a great legacy because that's what it comes down to. And nothing like the reality that it can be taken from you to give you like the biggest wake up call of your life. And so I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I mean, I'm so <laughs> glad you're here and you are definitely inspiring people and definitely doing amazing work and just showing up for it day after day. I mean, that's what it is. Yep. Showing up, getting up, getting back up. Well, Brandy, this was so great. Like I honestly just seen you a couple years ago. I was like, no, we're going to be friends. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, now we're going to meet up. We're going to talk about that when we hit the off. But I really am grateful that you found me and that we did this conversation. I have a feeling it's going to get lots of listens because there's nobody that can't relate to some piece of struggle and where we find our growth. I mean, that's the life experience. So thank you. You are beautiful and amazing. Before we say goodbye, though, quickly tell everyone where exactly they can follow you. Okay. So you can follow me on barbaramajeski.com or barbaramajeski on Instagram. And then it's barbaramajeski lifestyle on Facebook. Okay. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. So for all of you who listened, take a breath on this conversation. And if you feel like stuff is coming up for you in your own struggles, your own stories, where maybe you can do a better job of shifting a negative victim mindset into a place of growth, of purpose, of transforming challenge into magic. That's what this conversation was about today. Um, Maybe you need to listen to it again when you're feeling bummed out. That's the nice thing about podcasts. You can listen again and again. So I really appreciate you taking time and giving to yourself by listening. If you are loving the podcast, do share it with friends. I appreciate five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. Everything helps to grow the popularity of the podcast. And I'm super excited to continue to share more conversations and episodes with you as this season unfolds. So I look forward to seeing you next time. And as always, take care of yourself and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.